Okay, and welcome to Into the Panels. This is Cody, and this is our first episode, so we're doing a little bit of an intro. I have been reading comics since I was about six years old. My dad used to collect sports memorabilia, and so we'd go to flea markets to look for those. And we got uh, Robin 2. I remember it just because I had the Joker as a dentist on there, and Bloodshot, which is a really shitty comic by Valiant Comics. I used to read a lot of that as a kid. The last six years I've started reading a lot more. I'm a diehard DC fan and that's kind of all I have introduction wise to say. Andy? Were those your first comics? Is yes. That you, okay. Yeah I wrote those down to remember. I, it was literally me googling like uh, Joker with dentist mask on it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm Andy. Um, I've been reading comics for uh, probably in my teen years, like 13, 14, but once the MCU stuff started coming out, I kind of definitely picked up on it, so that's kind of the point of them, honestly, is make nerdy culture not so nerdy anymore, but I can't, as far as my first comics, I can't really think of any in particular that stand out. I think I mostly started borrowing comics from friends when I started out. I read Civil War pretty early on. And that pretty much drew me in, because you can't get much more heroes in a comic than that. Hundreds, I'm pretty sure. I See, Valiant was like, you had Image and Dark Horse, which still had competent stories. And then Valiant was like, what if we just have people that murder people all the time? Yeah. What if every character is the Punisher? <laughs> and they that were just... A, that yeah. It They were bad comics, but it was like, they were fif- they were super cheap when we went to flea markets and then the joker was the only named one i have and then i'd get like random like here's a thor issue that completely fucking random same with captain america stuff like that cody said he's a hardcore dc fan i'm a hardcore marvel fan i've i'm definitely way more into marvel he's way more into dc so that kind of makes it perfect for us to do this podcast because we're going to be looking at both sides of it the goal so. is to review objectively just different runs or graphic novels of various comics. Uh, we'll be trading off each week and picking. Um, maybe get to a point where one day people are suggesting things. But uh, I figured we'd make this introduction episode kind of know where we're coming from and where we know reading-wise. I haven't been really critical of comics. I started being critical of them maybe two years ago. Before that, as long as it looked decent, I'd read it and think it was great. Um, But then I started approaching and actually looking at the stories and what was being told. And A really easy thing to do if you want to judge comics art-wise is make sure people don't have lazy eye. Like, it's a really common issue for a comic to have lazy eye, like a person to have a random lazy eye. Um, But anyway, that's about all I have to say for the intro. Andy, do you have anything else to say? Um, Not particularly we'll just be trading back and forth cody's probably going to focus more on dc i'll focus more on marvel and uh for our first episode we have the 2017 doctor strange run from marvel coming out so yeah um it's written by jason aaron and chris Bacalo, bachelo 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 i don't know how to pronounce it is the art by Yes, and Jason Aaron, I did some research on him. Um, He started working with uh, Marvel in around the mid-2000s, early 2000s, and early 90s. Uh, Both of them 
uh, worked at Vertigo Comics. I don't know a lot about that. Um, Jason Aaron, from what I could see noteworthy-wise for him, is um, he uh, made Thor, what is it? Thor the Unworthy and Vader Down. Vader Down is a really amazing Star Wars comic um, where Darth Vader kills hundreds of rebels by himself, and it's pretty badass. Chris looks like he's done a lot of everything. What he's currently, he's both of them have done a lot of work on X-Men and Wolverine, um, but Chris, what I looked up and saw is that he's working on the Spider-Man cross Deadpool run that's been going on since last year. So he's the artist for that. Um, but yeah, this is the run. It started in 2015. It was with after the new Secret Wars event where they the reboot before they did Marvel Legends or whatever it's called now. Was it 2015? Yeah, 2015 okay. to 2017 is the run length. Okay. Um, are we just leading this? And the, yeah, yeah. Okay. I right, so you're just editing everything. Yeah, it's cool. We're, We're just gonna cut be, this out. I can cut this yeah. out. Yeah, I we won't. Probably should. I won't. <laughs> Please do watch. <laughs> Alright, um... Alright, so, uh, first impressions on the artwork on the cover? The cover is pretty cool. I mean, seeing Doctor Strange holding that giant axe, uh, really surprised me. I mean, he... I don't know a lot of Strange. I don't... I've not read... The only Strange I've read is, uh, Doom Cross, Doctor Strange, where they go to hell. Um... And fight Mephisto. And fight Mephisto for Doom's mother's soul. But... And so, earlier in the comics, he didn't really use weapons at all. Just spells. So in this run, we'll see a lot of him using weapons, especially for reasons we'll discuss later, because he has to. But Well, because I, I did a little like research for this. Um, he's... Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, it, 19, July 1963 in Strange Tales, I think it's 110 was the first appearance of Doctor Strange, made by Steve Ditko. May you rest in peace. Oh, man. Uh, Stan, it's actually kind of interesting. So what I saw is Stan Lee wasn't really excited for the character. He's like, man, maybe it'll be something good. But Steve Ditko was super excited because Steve's an artist, and he was convinced it was the next big thing because he could do his weird uh, drawings with it. Weird shit. It's now I will I will start off by saying Doctor Strange is my all time favorite Marvel character, or hero rather. So I was pretty excited to do this as our first one. Now I will say, in comparison to the artwork of his old stuff, I am not a fan of his OG classic like uh, his popping the collar. I don't like his uh, original outfit so much. It just looks too over the top, which. He's, Back in that time, that wasn't uncommon at all, but I and, don't know. I'm just more of a fan of the new stuff that he's been in. And the biggest issue with Doctor Strange... Doctor Strange as a comic has never really sold well. The movie did really good, but um, Doctor Strange as a character is just overpowered. Uh, he, for the longest time, whatever problems or situations he faced, he had a spell to deal with it. And now he's been, like, each iteration they nerf him, and I think this is the weakest he's ever been. Uh, for a lot of reasons. Yeah, yeah. From the beginning, honestly. It well, starts, so. Old crossovers, or not even crossovers, but events I've read with him showing up, he's always just, like, taken care of. Like, yep. in the Thanos... Like, well, I can't beat Hulk in a fist fight, but I'll send him to a different dimension. Well, an Infinity Gauntlet, when it was, like, he, him, Doctor Doom, Silver Surfer, and Adam Warlock were the only four actually able to stop Thanos. They'd, pretty much everyone else was cannon fodder. He just killed everyone. Yeah. 
But um, going on with the issue. Uh, oh shit! So we open up with a page with basically the old old comics of his origin, basically explaining how he injured his hands. He uh, got his. He he did everything he could to save his hands. He was basically the world's most skilled surgeon, and uh, he tried blew through all of his money, which was a lot because uh, he makes a point in saying in this run that he made like a thousand dollars an hour. So I mean, but he eventually found a uh, a sorcerer in Tibet called the Ancient One, which was the Sorcerer Supreme at the time, and he pretty much taught him everything that he knows before he took over his mantle. So. Pretty much just an introduction saying, like, hey, this is what I do. I do some really, really weird shit, weird shit that no one else can deal with because they have no idea how to. And then, first off, we open up into a huge battle. Huge battle, which we don't find out yet, but it actually takes place inside a child's head. Yep, and there's like teddy bears and plants and stuff like that. And the the main thing with this art for me, and what I really liked is the coloring. It, it just really pops. Um, there's a lot of really good, not because shading. I like grayscale shading. I love Batman, but this is like shading with color, and it's cool to see the oranges go into greens and mm-hmm. see like because what this battle's occurring is is there's teddy bears and plants and it's a child's mind but then you have these terrible soul eating monsters Sight, yeah soul yeah. eaters i think they're called and then you have a uh, doctor strange standing there with his artifacts and everything um the only complaint i really had with this run was uh or with the art for this whole run was faces um i always felt like faces looked a little off but everything else looked really on point one thing i thought was funny about this run is um the way he's in the first panel of him battling, you see this. You see him in this position so much in this run. He's just like in the process of jumping in midair. Well, it could that's be like his signature. It could be art reuse too. Like it's a it's a really common thing. Like um, Disney animators, if you uh, watch any of their two D animations, you'll see they reuse a lot of them. Damn, we got another. Got a bunch of two pagers here. Um. Basically, it opens up into him fighting all these uh, soul eaters, and he's in the child's mind. He gets thrown through a teddy bear, basically, and he's combating them, and he makes the point of saying, oh, well, you should be able to understand me. I'm using a translation spell, and they can, and they're like, get out. We don't want you here. Go away, and he's like, nope, can do. Uh, Casts a couple spells, uh, throws some of them up into bubbles to trap them, and then out comes... This witch, hot lady. Uh, I in my notes I had Gorgon thought. Gorgon thought. Yeah. yeah, I can agree with that. So she's basically like, we know who you are. You're we fear your mighty war magic, and it's kind of funny because that's like one one hundredth of the stuff he can do. Well, but, uh, and his personality in this, because this kind of laid the foundation for his personality. And once again, I've never read Standalone Strange. But older Strange iterations seem to be a lot more stoic. Um, serious. Dry humor, very dry humor. And this is more reminiscent of like a lot of what Marvel MC humor is, where it's kind of in your face and sarcastic mm-hmm. and everything like that. And he's flirting with the Gorgon thought even... I'm just going to use that. Gordon thought works. She's only here for like a couple more panels. Yeah, but uh, it, it's kind of interesting to see 
how different his personality is. And what's cool is that this run was set up and made right when they were making the Doctor Strange uh, MCU movie. And it's weird that in that movie they did a lot more traditional Strange in both appearance and personality. And then this one is just uh, such a new... completely new. Yeah, brand new take on it. So right here, we even see that goofy part right here because she unleashes the Soul Eater's Champion, which is... What is this? Spurgog the Hellbreather? Which is basically this just huge monstrosity. And he's about to basically breathe fire on him. And it it's, it shows his thought bubble or his narr- narrative bubble rather. Transmogrifying fire. How did that go again? So he's trying to remember. It's just goofy because he starts re- chanting the spell. And then he messes the spell up. Saying the ten moons. Oh no, twelve moons. And, that's and a- it still works though. But yeah. that's like a strange we haven't seen because before, like he's the expert, he's the sorcerer he supreme. He just gets it done. It, it's whatever he wills, and, and throughout the whole run, he'll reference it because he'll be like, you know, there was a time and a place where I could just will something to happen. It would, or I'd snap my fingers and it would happen. He's like, I just, I but don't. He's much, much underpowered in this. Then. So anyway, Strange is there battling, Gorgon thought. And it goes from battle to makeout session pretty fast. He actually wields the sword, like I was saying. He starts wielding weapons. And, and as he's making out with Gorgon Thought, they pull him back to reality. And he actually got hired by uh, the kid's parents uh, to basically help the kid. Um, Be- there were soul eaters that were attacking the kid. They were from another dimension, a dimension they shouldn't be. And when they did that, they went to the kid. Now, what was cool here is, is we once, once again we get a new look at Strange. This Strange is rolling, believes in greater good almost. I don't, I don't know how to put it, but the Soul Eaters, he sends them to prisoners, child molesters in a nearby prison. So what Strange is doing is killing those child molesters more or less, and he's saying we're gonna. You know, fuck them. We'll feed them. But at the same souls. time, yeah, we have they have to eat, and he realizes that. So, and he he does make it a point saying they're not monsters; they're just doing what's in their nature. But it's kind of it's weird to see that because uh, he is choosing who lives and who dies. Mm-hmm. It's a strange who chooses who lives and who dies, and that's just that's a new look we haven't seen for the character. It's pretty cool. Um, so as he's leaving his parents through through the window, he pretty much, they're like, how can we ever repay you? And he's like, well, uh, bake your neighbor a cake and give him a goldfish and spend his birthday with him because he's very lonely. I can see it from here. He's probably so going to kill himself. That just shows how strong he is. He can literally feel their neighbor's feelings through the walls without even trying. Now, this is where we get to a weird design for Strange. We get hipster Doctor Strange because he's wearing See, his... I have even deeper thing in it. So he's walking down this magic... Or his, his cloak of levitation turns into basically a magic stairwell as he's walking down it. And then it frills around his neck into a hipster scarf. But at the same time, he looks like almost an Aladdin-esque character. And I kind of think that, yeah, that might okay. be what they were going with it. Because he's... He's walking down it like it's a magic carpet. It looks like a magic carpet, and he is—he actually almost looks like he almost looks Middle Eastern in a couple panels here. 
See, I, I, I was just getting the hipster vibe. And then there's a joke in there, too, where he calls himself looking like a hipster. Mm -hmm. um, and then in this, he, he shows his third eye and his ability to see the magical realm. And you, you get this next panel. And once again, it's a great panel for a coloring perspective. You see all these small, tiny creatures on every single person. They're big. They're big and small. Yeah, varying sizes and colors and shapes. And each one unique and similar. While he's looking through his third eye, he everything he sees in the real world black and white and then all the magic he can see is colored just a really really cool panel artistically it's got mushrooms on the ground you got a, like a starfish thing on some, on dude's, some dude's face, face. Yeah. yeah and i don't know if it's on this panel where is it uh basically he gets attacked by this huge uh i think he calls it a psychic slug later but it's another thing that should not be there that he just like the uh, Soul Eaters, they shouldn't even be near this dimension, but he sees a psychic slug, and he's like, that shouldn't be there either. And and that's more or less where the run goes, because from there he goes to a bar, and in that bar he's speaking with other uh, supernatural people. Like, it's called the Bar with No Doors, so yeah. it's pretty much everyone that practices magic goes to this bar. There's Scarlet Witch, Doctor Voodoo, um, who else was in there? Shaman, and there's uh, Monaco, Prince of Magic. Yeah, like a lot of the big uh, magic users for Earth are there, and they're all talking about how things have been strange lately, and there, there's, no pun intended, but, um, you know, these beings and creatures are coming from dimensions they're not supposed to. And, and he actually mentions that when he was fighting Gorgon, thought she mentioned the coming slaughter, and he doesn't know anything about it yet, but he'll be finding out soon that they were probably fleeing from what he'll be fighting later on in the run. Now, the next comment comes from... What, yeah, Monaco. Monaco. And Monaco introduces this new rule from Strange. And what the reviews I've seen online, is, this has never really been a thing for Strange. But, but it's definitely interesting, I think. For this run, anytime someone uses magic, they have to pay a price. And, or someone else does. Right. And Monaco talks about how every time he's ever used magic for whatever reason... He'd go home and, what was it, sacrifice rabbits? He'd kill rabbits. Yeah, yeah. He'd yeah, kill yeah. his rabbits. He'd sacrifice rabbits, and he's saying Strange has never sacrificed, and Strange has never paid that price. And Strange says that he's sacrificed plenty, and he's paid plenty of prices, but not quite in the way that Monica is talking about. Right. And, once again, this is different, because, like, old Strange, from what I've seen and glimpsed through online, uh, prepping for this podcast is you'd have material components, kind of like D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. And he, or he'd have to pray to a certain god or something he does, like he that. He does a bunch of crazy shit throughout the comics. Like, he'll just, he's pretty but, much has infinite pockets that he pulls infinite magic bullshit out to solve any problem. But very rarely is there a case where it's like, I can't cast this spell or this will happen. Usually it's like, well, if I cast this spell and this spell at the same time, everything will be cool. Yep. Um, and as the... Uh, Run! Oh shit! Uh, Monica pretty much says, "Well, you haven't paid the price, but you will soon. It always, everyone always has to pay the price." Introduce new character. Uh, it's uh, well, I forget her name. Zelma. Yeah. yeah. So this random uh, librarian shows up outside his sanctum sectorum, which is basically his huge magic mansion. She's talking to herself like, "This is scary. I shouldn't be here." And Strange shows up next to her, and he's like, oh, are you looking for the doctor? And basically, like, playing coy, like, oh, he's he's not a bad guy, but people only come to him when they absolutely need him. 
like a lot of people just come to him for anything so you should be serious if you're trying to get to him and she's like well I need help and I don't know who to go to and as she says that uh, he just floats into his house and she follows behind him and she's like what the hell's going on and he says are you coming in Miss Stanton so he obviously just read her mind without even thinking about it he knows who she is he knows why she's here and uh, she says, how do you know my name as books are flying through his house? And he's like, really? Is that the question you ask first? And, and he, um, and th- this is another variant because this feels like a friendly neighborhood strange. He's having mm-hmm. people come to his house, whatever. Um, and instead of being the strange that I'm going through space or mystical planes to deal with issues because everything here is kind of on point. Only call me if it's an emergency. Now it's like, oh, you have a kid possessed by demons? I'll take care of that. And as the run continues, um, we're looking into the Sanctum Santorum. And it's wild. It's a little crazy. Uh, Each room has its own magical shit going on with it. Uh, He actually discovers that the reason why she's here is because there's a, like, demon mouth coming out of her head. So he's like, I'd never even seen that before, but with all the weird shit that's been going on, I'm not surprised. And he's like, well, hold on, this may sting. And when he tries to probe it, it explodes. And That's our TBC. Yep, and uh, when in my notes, I actually had these things called head bros. Because head bros. they're literally heads with arms coming out of the side of their head. Uh, so yeah. it's just heads and arms, and they all look different. It, it, but yeah, so that's kind of our issue one, and I think from here on out we're just going to generalize that the what the arc Once went we through. Got a f- pretty much we got a feel of everything that's going. Yeah. So I, one thing I really liked about the issue two cover is they actually have the artist and writer names on Doctor Strange's fridge spelled out in the letters on this fridge. And another thing that I forgot to mention about the art is with all these tentacles there's tentacles everywhere it's kind of the art style and it almost reminds me of like a beetlejuice tim burton vibe oh yeah that's really good i i was thinking that was familiar but i couldn't put i couldn't put it now the fridge the importance in that is uh we get back to this fridge multiple times in their own because so dr strange one of the prices he's paid is his body is so magical now that he can't eat people food it turns to ash in his mouth is the cost of one of his spells, I believe. Pretty much. The only thing he can eat is just disgusting monster parts. parts. Yeah. yeah, like extra dimensional butt. Um, so, uh, issue two opens up. It's basically giving a huge history of the Sanctum. Since we didn't really get that in the first issue, it pretty much gives it everything that has been in the past. It's like India Barrel or Ground and all that whole thing. And we basically open up to Zelma, the head bros coming out of her head. There's like hundreds of these things. And Doctor Strange starts trying to hold him back, but they just blow right past him and start shooting through his sanctum. And he's like, well, if they get a hold of anything, they could end the world right now. Because Doctor Strange has a lot of crazy shit in this house. And this house is, uh, it's wild. Each room has its own thought process. It's like uh, Hogwarts from Harry Potter on steroids. And uh, the Andy kind of skipped past it a little bit. There's just so much to talk about. The opening of this issue, there's like an Indian burial ground. Uh, Salem witches were burned there for some reason in New York. There's like... 
He's like, I bought this house because everyone said it was haunted, and it is. Or it was, and it still is. It has, like, ten crazy magical things. I think one of them is, like, every single magnetic polar thing. There's just a list of crazy shit. It's like, this is the focus of magical energy. And uh, so we're going... They did we a, basically go through a tour of his house, pretty much. Mm-hmm. His living room is a forest. And, and it was really smart how they did this in that... So you have this monster hunt. You have that as your driving force for the plot. And haunt, hunting these monsters in the house, you get to see every room. And Zelma's seeing the room for the first time, too. So it's like you as a reader can relate with Zelma saying, like, oh, this room's fucking nuts. Now, what's really interesting is that one of these panels, we see these three ghost nurses, whatever, talking to Strange uh, about different health ailments he's having. So that price so, to pay for the magic. Pretty much ghosts diagnosing his illnesses and another thing a panel after that we basically see the moving corridor from harry potter on crack yeah because not only is it exactly like that but it's labyrinthified to where staircases are going sideways and upside down and it shows him going through all these and uh strange makes a point of telling zelma basically don't look at anything for too long or your eyes will melt out melt out of your head it, and his big warning with her throughout the house is, you know... Don't touch anything except the floor. You you can't comprehend this. You're going to go insane if you try to comprehend it. Just follow me and play nice and we'll figure it out. So uh, they finally make their way to the library where he finds out the head bros had smashed through. And I called this guy in my notes. So this, this head bro is holding the grimoire of Watum. Uh, and he's basically like, let's hope he's not foolish enough to... And, of course, he opens it, and some shit happens. But I have this guy's name in my notes as Thanos Headbro. Oh, yeah. Because his chin looks looks exactly like Thanos. Yeah, yeah. And that looks almost intentional. (laughs) But he opens the book, and it basically sends him flying to opposite sides of the mansion. And Zelma ends up on a doorstep with a cracked door, and when she looks through, she sees... Basically an entire planet filled with skulls and zombies. zombies. And the zombies come at her and as they're trying to get through the crack door at her, her head mouth uh, bites its finger and protects her. So she slams that and she makes the point of saying, like, I would kiss you if I could. I Yeah, I mean, have a head mouth. Yeah, um, head mouth solves everything. Now... Uh, so this is going to proceed. They chase the monsters, um, and, and that's kind of how it plays out. They chase down, they get all the monsters. Zelma gets to experience the inside of the uh, sanctum. And we and actually see his refrigerator for the first the time. Food. We see Wong cooking for him. Wong is Strange's assistant. Assistant, friend, butler, bodyguard. And also a very powerful sorcerer himself. One of the strongest on earth, and just a cool dude. Um, I really liked Wong in this room. Oh yeah, he I, was great. I liked him. He was like, he was an assistant, and he was a lot more sure-footed than Strange seemed to be. Like Strange would always be like, "Oh, what the fuck's going on?" And Wong's like, "Oh, it's okay." Wong's basically like old Strange, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and it was cool too, because but I don't think we see Wong do magic the whole run. Um, I don't think so either. I think when he's uh, battling later on. Yeah, I think that's about bit. it. Yeah, that's about it. But uh, so what? Something I didn't get. Is finally, uh, Zelma and Wong track down Strange, and he's in his library reading how to fight these things. What I don't get is 
So they got flung by like a hurricane from that spell tomb to the other sides of the sanctum. Why did he not go look for her? Magic house. So Mag- yeah. ma- magic house. So he's just magic like, house. Oh, she's fine. Um. Also, Doctor Strange having a library that's a mess. Like, it, yeah. it's that's also a library or CD for her. Which that they're of course going to use that to say, oh, she's a main recurring character in this run. Anyways, long story short, to resolve the issue um, of head monsters, yeah, head bros, they are basically still linked to Zoma, and he says, well, if you yell your deepest, darkest secrets, they'll be attracted to it, and they'll come back to you to try and feed on it, and I think these end up being uh, brain maggots. I think he ends up yeah. calling them. But they all rush in a horde to them, and Doctor Strange straight up absorbs them. And he's like, oh, these are nothing. He's like, I've got so many parasites. He's like, my psychic defenses are so strong, they'll never get any food from me, and even if they did, my parasites would kill them first. He So we have this, it seems like we have a strange that's been practicing. He's been Sorcerer Supreme for a long time, and he's got all these... From the nurses and this, we, he has afflictions, he has curses, he has uh, issues going on. Um, and then the end of this issue is where we get to see the main villain of the first arc of this run. And it is... Uh, we actually don't get to see the main villain. We see a... We see a Sorcerer Supreme from the, I think it was the 13th dimension. Yeah, I think we might have... I don't think it was in the first issue of what we were reading, but at the beginning of the first issue, they had like a little side story at the very end of it. Um, basically... There's these... Uh, science robots. Science robots, and they're called the Empirical. They want to kill all magic, and obviously that is the coming slaughter that uh, Gorgonthal was talking about. So it cuts to the Sorcerer Supreme of the 13th Dimension. He's using all the magic he can to try and stop the uh, wol- witch, witch Hunter Wolves. Yes, Witch Hunter Which wolves. is a badass name, and they're like cybernetic wolves yeah. that shoot laser beams. So as he's trying to use all his magic to try and protect himself, his magic's fading and he can't hold them back, so he tries to send a message with magic butterflies. Well, these robots come in as the wolves are basically, like, seemingly devouring him, and uh, they literally look like the robots from Portal. Oh, I was thinking the yeah the robots do the robot dudes like the science robot dudes the wolves made me think of the Nazi robot dogs in the new Wolfenstein. Okay, I haven't played any of the Wolfenstein games ever. So. That's cool. I uh, it was like one of the last games I checked out when I worked at GameStop. But um, but anyways, in the end of issue two, we see that the Sorcerer Supreme had escaped and basically the Imperator is what he's called. He's the leader of the Empirical. Uh, he he burned escape. all the butterflies that he tried to send a message with to all the Sorcerer Supremes and he, at the end of issue two, it seems he's escaped because he comes through a door in the Sanctum and he's like, I have to warn the Sorcerer Supreme of this universe. And we see a bunch of hands grab him and yank him through the door, and that's the end of that Sorcerer Supreme. We don't see any more from him. So basically, we have this looming threat of the Empirical. Uh, obviously, they can drain magic, because his magic was failing, and he said this is the only spell I can think of that can get through to everyone, so he uses the butterflies, and that doesn't end up 
But what really got me on the last panel of the first issue, when it had that little uh, epilogue of the issue, is right when the Im- Imperator comes in to um, purge. purge him, we get a cut to the bottom of his castle that they invaded, and all of his followers were being burned at the stake. So this is a very clear parallel to, like, Salem. Yep. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. And uh, at this point, we're at, like, another 15 minutes. I think we can just generalize. We don't have to... We can bring up the issue to review, and I'll edit this out. But um, we can just go on notes from now. So what these villains are, are there is science... They're all robots, all of them. There's only one actual sentient being among them. And his name is... I'm pretty sure he just calls himself the Imperator. I think it's just the Imperator. Um, and he has technology, anti-magic technology. And it his... drains all magic, no matter what kind it is. Even Scarlet Witch ends up being affected by this magic. So basically, what ends up happening is... Um, the, the events of the first few issues you find out have been caused by them. They're destroying other dimensions. Doctor Strange goes to visit another dimension. He sees, oh fuck, these are dead Sorcerer Supremes. And he tries contacting Sorcerer Supremes and finds them all dead. Uh, so and, he, and even the nexus between dimensions that they usually go to is just all just, ash. Yeah. And, and there's no life. And he's sensing like a lot more insanity coming to Earth, things that shouldn't be there. And then next thing you know, he wakes up and here are these robot alien type things. Now, the villain himself, the Inquisitor, or whatever the fuck. Imperator. Fu- Imperator. He, his origin story reminds me a lot of Superman. Um, I think it's a great parallel because basically, he lived in a world where his parents were scientists. And the sorcerers came in and thought it was blasphemy that they were practicing science and they basically do exactly what he does to the magic users in the universe to his parents and they slaughter him right in front of them because they're like oh and they they worship a major marvel magic deity uh shugoroth um the fuck it's called the giant starfish uh he's like dormammu level shit yeah yeah they worship him and the uh, Imperator says, you know, they worshipped him, they killed my parents for him, and then he shows up and ate the whole planet. So they are fucking waste. And he's upset, so he's like, I'm going to destroy all magic to protect people from going through and suffering what I suffered. And I see that compared to Superman, because Superman, you know, his parents doubted the technology. His parents were like, these volcanoes are going to explode, Earth's going to be destroyed, don't trust Brainiac, don't trust technology. And Kryptons are like, nah, it'll be fine. And then Brainiac betrays them, and it's really cool. And so you you get this, you know... uh, Scarlet Witch is fighting a robot on one area of Earth. You see all these characters... Dr. Voodoo's fighting him in New Orleans, and um, we actually see magic from the X-Men, or I guess it'd be New Mutants. She's a Colossus's little sister. She's a demon sorceress, and we see her on their knees, like, basically can't fight back to them because she has no powers, because she's magic-based. And we see very quickly no one can even close to battle without their magic because if you're a magic user you're using magic and and they're not only are they draining magic of the earth they're draining everything and they're operating in a way that 
only magic users can detect them. So, Because someone says to Doctor Strange, like, why don't you get a hold of Tony Stark or Mr. Fantastic? He's like, this is our battle, but they're operating on the magical plane. So, like, they won't even be able to detect them. Yep. And they're fighting... What ends up happening is they basically invade the Sanctum while he's there. And um, Doctor Strange can't use the spells. They fail one after another. He's trying to use everything he can. And finally uses the Eye of Agamotto. And since that is one of the most powerful magical objects in the and it world, fails. It, it I'm pretty sure it works. At first. It works. It works the first time, but then like the second, because he's like he blasts a robot, and we're talking dozens of robots per person. Yeah. He's like, okay, I got one, and it's not working for the second. This isn't so reliable. So he ends up using what he said as Black Atlantean magic, I think. And this is where we're introduced to the price paying with this. Is it turns out Wong has taken the sanctuary not the home but the ancient chinese mystical order of uh mystics from where he basically got his powers in tibet yeah where doctor strange became sorcerer supreme and he has them as a cult and they have their souls linked to strange and, and whenever there's a price to pay they, they pay it for him so like the atlantean black magic makes you bleed black blood out of your eyes you go blind and so he uses that and they start bleeding black out of their eyes and you see and you hear the monks talking about they're overworked there's some that's been up there being tortured for weeks and they're just constantly suffering dying being injured for dr strange and wong's like this has to happen dr strange is the only one that can save us and he can't he basically can't take this all on his own um so you get this really dark uh, not edgy, but look at Doctor Strange. And then the next thing you see is him fighting the Imperator, and he's desperate, and he wants to win. So he taps into the ley lines of magic itself the across the earth. The dragon lines. Turns into a dragon monster, and it has one of my favorite quotes, which is, Abracadabra, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> just, he, just, he just starts punching him and punching him, and... Uh, it does he just nothing. says, I can't stop, I have to punch, this is the only thing I can do. And he's just this giant, like, almost Dormammu-sized creature and made of pure magic, basically. And it's just, he's just pounding him into the ground, and finally, eventually, all the magic that goes. he absorbed is just gone. And, and the Imperator didn't even really feel it, it seemed like. It didn't seem to bother him. And going back to the keep punching, I almost forgot. So That's a theme throughout the comic. It, they keep flashing back to lessons that um, Doctor Strange had with the Ancient One, the previous Sorcerer Supreme. And one of the lessons that Doctor Strange learned is like from a, even the... He cast a basic teleportation spell and he started vomiting for three days straight. And he learned that for every punch he throws he's going to take 10 times worse coming back at him. And his theory around this is like, as long as I keep casting spells and punching, then I will never suffer the backlash. Not realizing what Wong's doing. by and not realizing what else he's done, which we'll find out later on. Right. Well, that one he knew about. Are you talking about the monster yes. in the cellar? Yes. Yeah, that he created. So uh, we get the robots are invading the house and they're able to clear everything but a cellar in the basement. And when we find the cellar, basically everyone is everyone is captured. They have them all strung up on trees outside of Sanctum. Every magic user in the Marvel Universe, pretty much. We've got Scarlet Witch. We've got 
magic and we've got strange tied up in there he's about to light the trees on a blaze just kill everyone there's no magic left no one has any magic whatsoever after steven drains the uh dragon lines and um basically monica the prince of magic the guy who was talking about the price he has to pay shows up and then saves he uses, him. yeah he saves him he uses magic and everyone's like how do you have magic and he's like magic can never die it's just hiding because it knows how to hide to save safe from situations like this. So yeah. he, he frees them and gets burnt. And he okay. sacrifices himself to basically get everyone out. And, and once again, while this is going on, what's really cool is you see like the black and white style you saw before. You see Joe Schmoes walking up and down the street. They have no idea that some dude's burning out a tree because like the tree regular tree is fine, just in the magical realm it's are fucked they, up. Are they, do you think they would be operating on purely on the astral plane then? I have no idea. I I wrote a note though where or I like guess it would be the mystical plane when they reference like Tony Stark and Mister Fantastic not being able to helping. I'm like, what if they could though? Like how different would it be? Like a science off, and who could science better would win. Oh, I or, mean Reed Richards. I think it. I read somewhere that Reed Richards IQ is like two sixty seven, and actually I read something interesting that in the Ultimate Universe, uh. He actually becomes a villain for a while named Maker. Oh, that's and pretty cool. He's he looks sick. He actually elongates his brain so he has more capacity in his brain, which increases his IQ. That's... So he has like an elongated head, and he's a villain, and it's just terrifying because Reed Richards is ridiculous. It, it, it's... I think it would definitely make an impact, though. It... I was just thinking about that because it's like one of those rare, and it's a rare instance where it's like. Doctor Strange is not the best matchup in this situation where, like, old Marvel, if you throw Strange against it, he can probably deal with it. Like, mm -hmm. oh, this and villain... I, I, to be honest, he does, though. He does everything he can. He fights off He fights off the empirical at the best he can. He loses, but it's impressive how... It's impressive how resourceful he is. And, and so, from this, we get a story change. I put a note, Indiana Strange... Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's them, like, it's him and uh, Voodoo and Scarlet Witch. They're traveling and everywhere Sean. around the world, basically and finding every last trace of magic. Any magical item they can. Most of magical items have lost them. Those that do have varying degrees of good, like, effectiveness left. And then the quest to get the items, like, he's having to debate, like, oh, do I use this item and break it to save another? Like, is this worth it? I just use all this resources to save this one magical item. I hope it's good. And finally, we get to the last item they get, which is the skull of the ancient one. Yes, and the bones of the, the... Yeah, and they crush it up into a powder. And he's just like, I, I know if you were here, Master, you would tell me to do the same. Yep. So... That shows how grave the situation is that he has to do that. And, and they, and while this is going on, they're fighting like jobber robots. Like they're sending like you know the occasional witch hunter wolf and uh, mm -hmm. you know a random robot or two to hunt and fight them. And the original Inquisition, Wong and the uh, uh, the disciples get attacked as well, and most of them end up dying. I'm pretty sure. Most uh, a good chunk of the disciples, and that's how Strange finds out, is because he's going on this expedition, and he goes to the temple, and he finds the bodies, and he talks to Wong. And he's like, "What the shit, dude? 
Like, these people need to stop. And Wong's like, you don't understand. You would be dead ten times over. If they hadn't been doing this all along. And, and, and he Sh- says, I don't care. I can take it just to send them home. And they end up going home, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Well, they stay at the temple, but they're not... Or, like, yeah, they, they leave, They're basically. not. They're not going to be voodoo dolls for Strange. Um, and then another thing that's going on is uh, the Imperator himself... They can't figure out the fucking sanctuary. They can't figure this house out. They've got like the first few floors under control. They burned all his books in the library, and Zone actually ends up escaping one with one book, and that's all she gets. And she runs out, and she opens a portal door that takes her to the temple. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all meet up with Strange, and Strange is just like, "This shit has to stop. I'm going to." fix everything you need to not do this anymore and you get something hinted at you get this thing referenced a couple times where wong's like the other option is in the cellar and you see these flashbacks where like strange comes in super beat up and they go to the cellar and he comes back normally fine Mm -hmm. and they keep telling zelma don't go to the cellar so something's in the cellar that's like obviously crazy and and even still, they, the, the finally the bots get to the cellar and they're, they're like, just we dead. need to get the Imperator. We sent some down earlier and they're gone. So finally he breaks in and finds what is... A porcelain mask of just like a rounded face, a very basic white porcelain mask. It's not a smile, it's not a frown, it's just like a flat lip line and two eye sockets. And then there's a giant black tentacle monster. With eyes all over it. It's basically made of almost like black sludge. And the thing is, like, I hate Doctor Strange. uh, But you're pretty cool. Just let me out. And the Imperator's like, no, you're magic. I have to kill you. And he's like, well, I hate you now too then. And they start fighting. And they're actually pretty evenly matched. Like, And this is a guy that was fighting, you know, Dragon Line. Doctor Strange is like, meh, that's nothing really. But uh, Basically what the creature in the cellar is which will eventually be called mr misery is he is the embodiment of all the misery that dr strange has taken on from casting all of his spells he's all of his injuries all of his suffering and he's made into a physical embodiment um and uh would you consider him still magic even though magic has been drained or do you think he's just so magical that he can't even drain it well he's the he's every negative he's the negative aspect of every spell cast casted by dr strange since he's been sorcerer supreme so he's just probably such a large raw source of magic and uh the the arc kind of ends with Strange and the gang showing up and everyone else is using their magical artifacts to fight the robots. Strange goes down to the basement to fight the robot. I like I like the comedy made. He fights him with a bow and arrow and he's like, I should have paid more attention when Hawkeye was do- doing archery lessons at the Avengers mansion. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Uh, but then the Imperator's like, you're shooting fucking arrows at me. But then he hits him, and he realizes the Imperator is, aff- is weak, weak to, to magic. magic. Effective against it, but weak defensively. Which is kind of weird with those dragon punches happening earlier. And weird. I don't know... I don't know. I don't know if that was like a slip-up or what. Maybe it was just... Maybe the dragon punches were just meant for physical physical damage. Yeah. Like heat and... I don't know, but he's loaded with robotics, so... Obviously, if he can battle, like, superhuman level, super durability, super strength, and he shoots laser beams out of his eyes, so... Yeah, he fights off, he actually, 
um, fights off Misery and Strange working separately. So Strange is like, well, if you want to kill me, Mr. Misery, you have to kill this guy first or he's going to kill me. And so Doctor Strange lets Mr. Misery wrap itself around him. But and Strange basically gets magic back for a brief period of time. And they're able to uh, fight. And you find the one book Zelma saved is uh, the in Strange's possession. But before we get to that, Strange is dying while in this fight. The Mr. Misery being on him is just too much. And so you see Zelma seeing what happened at the temple just begin and saying his sin is mine or something like that. And she starts getting like these giant fucking deformations on her body where she's fake facing the negative effects of the magic. And ev- we see all the sun disciples at the temple. We see Wong. We see basically every magic user that's in this fight. They basically sense what's happening. And they basically say his despair is ours now. And they start taking the negative effects for Strange. Um, the magic is weakening to this point that Joe Schmoes on the street are starting to see what's going on. And they see Strange is in trouble, like they're even sensing it. And so even these random people in the street are gathering outside the Sanctum to start chanting and take the negative effects. So Strange is able to withstand Mr. Misery long enough to um, physically beat back the Imperator. And then, I'm pretty sure they don't even use magic on him. I'm pretty sure they just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, and then well, and then they get to the they f- fall back to the door, leaving him in there. And he's like, "The last book I have is called The Creature in the Cellar." And he locks the door. He, he said, "I this is the book I wrote." And he slides it to him and locks the door. So the Imperator's in the basement of his. He's in the cellar of his sanctum, seemingly until the end of the run. He, we don't see him again. He, so. Yeah, he's just there. So. Um, so and that that that's how that run ends. And importantly, Mister Misery is a character now. He he runs off and he basically says, "Well, you made me, and you basically made me hate you so much that I don't want to kill you. I want to make other people suffer and make you suffer, watching them suffer because of you." And, and Strange is so weakened at this point. He's like, "Fuck it, I'll deal with it later." He can't do anything. There's no magic. He even makes a point in the, at the end of the arc of saying the Eye of Agamotto is dead. My and cloak his cloak is dead. Everything is dead. Magic is gone. And going back, that was a really badass scene. Uh, that dragon leyline fight, um, once the dragon leyline failed, uh, the, the Imperator goes up to him. First thing he does is crushes the Eye of Agamotto in his hand. And he just shreds his cloak. The cloak like wraps itself around his face for Strange to get away, and then he just grabs and rips the cloak in half. And, Which should have been impervious. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty brutal. It was pretty hardcore. Um, our next arc is set, is it a week or a month after those events? I think it's a month. It's been a little bit. Um, and Strange is talking about magic slowly returning to the world. But he can't use it as it used to be. He actually makes a point of saying none of our old spells work. A few do, but not the way they might have been intended, or you have to say the incantation different. Basically, says none of the old spells work unless you use them differently. Magic is basically different than what it was, and it's still barely anything left. And and he... But it's growing. He actually switches to his third eye, and he looks at the world, and he's like, look, it's like a little blossoming garden. You see some of the creatures he saw in the beginning of the run. There's There's very few, but they're there. So. And, and he's seeing these slug monsters, though. Um, 
We actually brushed over the slug monsters. I we think. skipped them. Yeah, we did. Okay, one. This is really bad, um, and I forgot to notate them. But it, it's just a cool little bit. Right before the Imperator and French, the Emrakul show up, uh, or whatever the fuck they're called. Empirical. Empirical. Before they show up. A bunch of magic leeches, basically, that feed on magic. All showed up, and Doctor Strange used a lot of his magic right before the fight with the Imperator. And that's the funny thing. He doesn't realize the magic's been... He doesn't realize entirely the magic's been drained. He just knows something's off. But he uses... He's so powerful that basically... He's... Wong is like, what's going on? We can't beat these things. They feed on magic. And Doctor Strange basically snaps his fingers. And he's like, they're... They're they're, all in food comas. Yeah, they're in food comas. I put out so much magic. So he's a badass before uh, the empirical come. But not so much anymore. And yeah, now that it's resolved, you know, the very first issue, you see him dealing with like these minor nuisances as that. And then this new run opens up with him seeing like a leech or a magical parasite or something on someone's head and him having to use like an axe or a baseball bat with chains wrapped around it to fight it. And it's like difficult for him. It's not an easy auto win fight. It's, it's, I have to use all my resources yeah, to do anything. This, this one thing, and intro. I'm pretty sure this intro is uh, Mordo, doesn't it? Yep, and that's when Mordo shows up. And he Mordo's shows up at the bar, full actually. fucking yeah. He shows up at the bar of the bar of nowhere, whatever the fuck. The bar with no or the bar with, bar with, no, with no doors. Yeah, bar with no doors. Mordo shows up, who's like the old apprentice for the ancient one, but he turns to Dormammu for more magical power. And Dormammu, we should probably explain Dormammu. Dormammu's an extra dimensional being that is a demon that consumes entire dimensions, and he's basically made a pure dark magic and he lives in a dark dimension and he's been trying to get out for forever he he can get out but it takes a lot of energy and he's nowhere even close to his actual power when he does but in his own dimension it's very like no one can defeat him in his own dimension and so he's trying to basically he's trying to consume others and he has disciples and he can communicate and uh this guy is one of them he left the sorcerer supreme to him so Dormammu gives him dark magic, and he's he basically is close to the level of Strange on the Anakin magic Skywalker, scale, pretty much. A- A- Anakin Skywalker and Ancient Ones like Strange is a promising disciple, and Mordo's like, "This is horseshit. I'm gonna go to the demons." Yep. And, and so he shows up at the bar, and he was not affected by them. And slightly, at all. he's full magic power, and it's yeah. like you're gonna fight, and so he fights a Strange that is clearly not full magic power. He shows up to the sanctum and. Doctor Strange, I like this, he bites an apple, a magic apple, and throws it at him, and basically an apple tree shoots out of the ground and hits him, and he makes the point of saying, like, well, how is this even a fair fight if that's what all you have? He's like, I thought you had, like, so, he's like, I thought you were weak, not, he's like, this is basics, this is really, he's like, I was going to, you know, have fun with this, but this is just sad. So he's pretty much like, I'm just going to put you out of your misery, and it, it, it makes it, it makes it interesting thing where, um... It says Monday Mordo, and it goes throughout this whole uh, arc five of the day, comics. Yeah, five days of five issues. people trying to kill Strange while he's weak, basically. Because the next so jump is he, to uh, Nightmare. Yeah, he melts down into the earth right as Mordo's about to kill him, and he starts freaking out. He's like, I have to kill him. Dormammu sent me to kill him. And, and, Where did he go? And he ends up being in Nightmare's domain, the dream world. And, and you see Zelma and Wong witness this, and they're like, well, he vanished... 
but he melted to the ground, but he's probably fine. And Wong's like, well, shit, Nightmare has him, so we have Let's to go, go to sleep. sleep. Yep. And Nightmare is another, you know, extra-dimensional, and his power comes from dreams. nightmares and dreams. And uh, Strange says at any given time, there's four billion people sleeping on Earth, so he has, you know, four billion people's worth of magic at his disposal. And... He just he basically puts Doctor Strange in his perfect dream where women are just all around him, his naked hands women in bed sheets, his head, hands work, he he uh, he's having the time of his life, he does a surgery and he's rich and drives back to his mansion with all his thoughts and uh, he's like basically realizing in the dream something's not right, something's weird. And Wong and shows up and Zelma shows up in his dream. They he, go they to did. sleep to show up to save him. So he he's realizes something's up. He goes to the fridge and he's like, This food looks this food looks amazing, but it's disgusting to me. And uh, he they're like, Well, are you hungry? Let's let's order food, let's make and food and more Wong, thoughts and, like more women keep showing up. And like he's it's like, started Why out are there two, so many of you? Yeah. And uh, he answers the door and Wong is a pizza man. <laughs> With uh, a nasty monster food. Yeah, opens up the pizza box to show him his nasty monster food that he usually has. And they all freak out. All the women slam the door on him. And they're like, that was disgusting. What was that? And he's like, it was disgusting. But why am why is my tummy rumbling from it? Um, and uh, ends up uh, all these, uh, what is it, burning books or something? Or no, it's not burning books. It's just books falling through his chimney that Zelma in his dream is dropping through the chimney. To like, wake him tomes up. Tomes and stuff. He's like, what are these? I can't even read this. And so he uh, he wakes up and he realizes that Nightmare is pushing him through a nightmare, basically. Nightmare flips the script, though. Nightmare, realizing what Wong and Zelma are doing, puts them to sleep and puts them in nightmares. And he's like, I'm going to kill you, Wong and Zelma. And but this is a badass, strange moment. Yeah. And he basically says, I can't use magic like I used to, but I'm the goddamn Sorcerer Supreme. So he makes up a spell where he absorbs all the nightmares from everyone in the world at the same time. And gives four billion people a good night's sleep. And Nightmare... Flips his shit. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? He goes through everyone's nightmares in an instant and comes out alive, unscathed. And Nightmare is depowered because he has no power. He's this tiny little thing now. And Strange is just a Back badass. in the Sanctum? Cool. And everything's great. And, and it's... This is Not one thing... Not quite yet. He doesn't go back to the Sanctum yet. He gets yeah. uh, shot through the fire portal. Oh. The, this... Real quick before we move on, though. What upset me... Is because, like, they talk about, very at the very first after the Emperor cool thing, they talk about, oh, um, you know, we have to make new spells, we have to make new spell books. This is the only time Sp Strange makes his own spell. It was a really badass time, but I wish they did more with it. I think it was really cool. Mm -hmm. I think he, I, I feel like it would have been better if he just started making his own signature spells. As he went. That they can use down the line, that we'd be like, oh, well, the... Like, we all grew familiar with the Crimson Man's Asiderac, and we all grew familiar with, like, um... Eye of Agamotto. Exactly. And, but all that's just broke. Yep. Um, so now he's in... Who was it? Sitar? Oh, not to mention, he's got a new outfit. We forgot to talk about that. Oh, yeah. That's he, a big it's, thing. Andy After the it. Empirical, he changed his look completely, and I love it. He, he doesn't have the cloak anymore. He basically has this full-body cape. Yeah, and it's uh, it's defensive, like it it's a magical iron armor type thing, like when he casts the spell, and but it doesn't battle, release actually, 
Yeah, the Mordo fight. Uh, Mordo goes to hit him with a blast, and uh, he says, uh, "Cape defense mode, basically." <laughs> it's and, really cheesy, and, but and it's goes really all good. over his body and protects him. He's like, "Okay, cool," but now I'm stuck in this thing. And that's when and he, that's gets, when he gets pulled down. So yeah, I love his new look so much more. Like it's no longer hipster strange. I was not. cool with it. He uh, looks straight up like a sorcerer out of D and D or something now. And the funny thing is that we forgot, when him and Mordo are battling, uh, this old man walks down the street and sees them arguing, and he's like, the hipsters nowadays are dressing like druids. I hate the village. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, <laughs> New York's getting weird. <laughs> but so we actually see him pulled out of the dream dimension into hell. One of the hells. So with the Emperor Cole, hell got split up into like... Every demon is trying to start their own hell. And who was it? Satan? It's Satana. I'm pretty sure she's the daughter of Mephisto. Yeah, and she, um, she, her hell is a restaurant. Yep. It's, it's just a diner. Kitchen. Yeah, literally, literally is yeah. what it's called. And I've, oh, I've lost my I shit. Was, I literally saw it was called Hell's Kitchen, and I was looking around for, like, Daredevil, Daredevil. Or yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. he wasn't I, there. Um, and there's... Uh, one of my favorite things about the kitchen is is uh, the cook is this guy that has instead of he's like a regular dude but instead of hands he has these two demons like and they're imps. always arguing they're all yeah and it's just their upper body their arms and their heads sticking out of his wrists and they're arguing and fighting each other and he has to try to make cook food with those. <laughs> They have little. They look like the head bros, honestly. They have little hands coming out of their heads. Um, but she, uh, she offers Strange. She's like, "Hey, you should just sell your soul to me, and I'll give you like a life of luxury in this hell." And then we, she wants to use him as an attraction for people to come to cause see him. Basically, now when people are selling souls, every demon's trying instead of "Hey, come to hell," it's "Come to my hell." Yeah. And so it's based on who has like, "Oh, you have this celebrity. I'm going to that hell." So she's like, "Well, your superheroes are the new fad, basically." And it, she, I like the bacon part because basically it's like bacon wrapped bacon, but it's this creature looking thing. And she's like, "I need some bacon wrapped bacon," and. Uh, He's like, oh, we're all out. And he's like, well, who ate the last one? That guy over there. She's like, well, bring him to me. Giant so, rhino-type yeah, monster. Yeah, and he comes over. He's like, what do you want? So she smashes him in the stomach to make him throw up the bacon. And then, like, Force basically, he smashes his head into the ground and takes the bacon. She's like, eat this bacon. He's like, fuck no. What the hell Strange is, is like, this? this is terrible. And she's like, either you do it or we cut it open and put it in your stomach. And, and he's like, I'm not eating that bacon. So she stabs his hand to make yeah. him scream and then she shoves it in his mouth. Uh, she's like, are you going to swallow or I didn't, do I need to do something else? And he swallows it and she's like, Passes Good. out. He, he passes out, he wakes up and he's, he's in, in chains. He's in chains in this back room. And she's like, well, that's going to kill you, and after it does, your soul will be mine, and I don't have to get your permission to use you as an attraction. And now I'm going to leave for convenient story reasons. Exactly. For plot things. And so she leaves, and Strange tries to do his astral projection. But uh, Headboy Hand hands. Boy yeah. is watching over him. <laughs> Headboy Hand Boy is like... <laughs> We, we're watching you, dude. We the know what you're doing. The chef doesn't really care. The chef seems like this is his personal hell because he's like, I fucking hate this. But uh, he's like, the chef doesn't care, but the demon hands like are swatting at him. So Strange shrinks himself down. Oh, he actually goes into uh, astral form. Yeah. And like he, they punch him and they're like, 
this is hell. We can see you if you're in astral form. Like, and he shrinks himself down, and they're like, and where the, the hell form. did he go? Yeah, and they're convinced that he left the room, so they step out momentarily. And he goes in his stomach. Uh, uh, and it's implied it's up the butt. It's an implied. <laughs> so he goes in his stomach, and shrunken down astral form, and long story short, he fights a bacon wrap bacon monster in his stomach and astral form shrunken down. That's, and this yeah. is why I like Doctor Strange. <laughs> it, he in the coloring is once again great. Like it's All just the shit it, in the his stomach red, that he's yeah. had to eat. Yeah, because it's this terrible food you've seen him eating the whole run, the monster bits. And how he beats it is, is he like he gets it to chase him, like he fucks with it and starts slapping it around so it's angry at him. And then, and then he, he gets chases it up, to throw his, up. Yeah, he has it chase him out of his mouth. He makes his body throw up and then rides it out. <laughs> yeah, and he throws it up all over the chef with the two imp hands. <laughs> And just bounces and leaves a note on the chef and telling Satan, uh, what's her He's thing? like, uh, what does he say? He says, your offer is as shitty as your diner and food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no thank you. Um, and then he gets kidnapped again. Oh, yeah. Um, and he this goes is... Back, he finally gets back to the real world, where it's, which it's not said how, but it's Doctor magic, Strange. Magic, magic. He's just real good. And he, he gets back, and he gets kidnapped by this giant... Orb. Orb. It's an eyeball for a head and then a man. And Orb apparently... He's ripped, by the way. He is. He, he's he's a buff fucking eyeball. <laughs> he uh, literally has the body of a man, and at the top of his neck is just an enormous eyeball, but he is ripped. He is just... He's been hitting them gains hard, and... He basically tells Strange, you're coming with me, and they're taking a drive, and he's basically telling him, the Watcher died, and I took his eyeball, so now I see everything, and I'm the Watcher now. And Orb is an interesting character. So Orb, Jason Ayer, the writer of this run, back on Ghost Rider, he made, uh, when he did a Ghost Rider run, he made a character named Orb, and Orb's... I don't know Orb's power or anything, but to make him interesting for Strange, they said the Watcher died, and Orb took one of his eyeballs. Yeah. Orb (laughs) took one of his eyeballs, so now Orb wants to watch and not interact. But he ends up interacting. Yeah, he will, like, he goes to watch a murder, and Strange is like, I'm not going to watch this person die. And Orb's like, well, we're Watchers. We have to watch. But then then everyone that's going to murder this guy gets scared away. Freaks the fuck out by... (laughs) Yeah, the the huge eyeball head man goes out the window. He's like, "Oh, don't mind me. Keep going." And they're <laughs> Keep like, killing "Oh, that. fuck no!" And they run. And he's like, "Well, they're not gonna kill him, so, so I have to. I have to run him over." And he fucking runs him over. And, and so, how strange gets out of this one is cool. He pulls out the bones of the ancient one, sprinkles it on a bandage, wraps it around his fist, and, and punches, punches the or window. the window, and then punches or. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck kind of car this is i think it's a taxi, a taxi. it's just it? a taxi but yeah. like it must be pretty enchanted because he cannot break through it I, there's panels of him like shoving Shri- samurai swords and shit casting magic and it's not doing anything and or is basically like you just need to stop it's not gonna work and, and he smashes through with those bandages comes out and orb turns around he's this buff motherfucker and he punches him in the eye head 
And he makes a point of saying it's like punching a balloon full of tapioca if the tapioca were magic and dangerous. <laughs> and, and or what's cool is is Orb's never really th- super threatening with him until he attacks him. Orb's just like, stop resisting. I need help as a watcher, and I feel like the Sorcerer Supreme's a good person. You and I are just going to spend eternity watching people do stuff together. And he once he hits him, we find out what Orb's power is. Heat vision out of his eyeball head. Yeah, so surprise. he shoots him with the heat vision. And this actually knocks Strange out of like the weird pocket like it's not like orb has his own magical aura around him to where people don't notice him until he makes himself aware and uh this knocks strange out of it and strange is on the concrete and there's like and and while this is going on we see mordo and dormammu fighting because dormammu's like i fucking trusted you to kill strange you failed me for the last time you're a disappointment and dormammu has to basically talk to him through possessed bodies yeah so uh mordo gets pissed at him bitching at him and he throws a knife through the guy's heart uh, neck and he's just like you know what fuck you i'm doing it myself i'm finding him he's mine and mordo just kills a random not the bar with no doors but a, like a, just a regular a bar full of people just yeah. regular people and he's just killing he them. says that he has to use all their blood for a tracking spell and it takes a lot of blood well, when he basically breaks through uh, Orb's field, uh, Mordo finds it. Mordo there. finds him, and ends hey, up. I think uh, Mr. Misery's Mr. here too. Mr. Misery finds out, and, and Orb's Mr. not Misery's done. There. I think Misery uh, shows up before Mordo, and Misery's like, "I'm gonna kill you now," and Orb's like, "But I wanted to kill him," and they're basically like fighting back and forth, and. Mordo shows up and he's like, well, I'm going to kill you and I'll kill anyone who stops me. And out of nowhere, after bickering back and forth and Strange is just getting pissed off, he's just like, you know what? I'm going to fight all of you motherfuckers right now because I'm getting sick of your shit. And I'll beat all of you. (laughs) He wraps both of his hands in the bandages and he squares up and out of nowhere... 20 foot tall Dormammu avatar (laughs) out of the ground and like the so Orb's like Orb fucks off at this point Orb's like like, you know what I'm good over here I'm gonna watch and and Strange is like hey Mr. Misery you know how we teamed up before do you want to team up again and he's like nah I'm good (laughs) and Mordo's just gone so Strange is running and baiting, and there's a lot of dialogue he, with Dormammu. It's, it cuts back to the first time he ever saw Dormammu in this run. I don't know if it's different in other runs. I haven't read any first meetings of Dormammu, but um, basically shows him and the Ancient One trying to exercise a body with Dormammu in it. And, um, Dor- the Ancient uh, One. key thing in this is uh, the Ancient One gives him a pistol, and Doctor Strange is like, why though? And he's like, if I start shooting flames out of my head, put a bullet in my head. No questions asked. And um, ends up uh, knocking out the Ancient One and he comes after Strange. And Strange starts uh, channeling magic and Dormammu's like, what do you think you're doing? And he's like, I'm learning on the job. <laughs> and yeah. he, he battles Dormammu. And uh-huh. uh, it cuts to present day, Dormammu's got him in his fist. And Strange is like, he's basically like, you've tried to stop me so many times, what do you think this is going to do any different? And he starts stabbing him with a goddamn knife in the hand. Yeah, a magical knife, and (laughs) And he's like, you're really desperate. (laughs) He's like, are you stabbing me with a magical knife? And he's like, yes, I am. (laughs) But what was cool is because, like, so it turns out Strange made a deal 
with because the uh, empirical were going around. Yeah, yeah, the empirical or Dormammu. He's like, why Dormammu? Why didn't the empirical destroy you? you? Yeah, and he's like, well, I made a deal with him, the uh, Shoragoth or whatever. They the, sent him to Shoragoth, and they fought him because he's not dead. Because he's an immortal being, but they like fought him, and that was obviously something personal for the Imperator. So well, he left him alone and said, "Fuck off." And strange Dormammu hears re- that. Dormammu reveals, "Hey, I sent them, and I was just waiting for them to get to you, till I could kill you. And now that you're out of the way, uh, I'm gonna make this world mine." So it was uh, Dormammu's plan all along, as it always is, because it's fucking Dormammu. And Strange at this point is like, well, I'm the goddamn Sorcerer Supreme. And he uses all the magic he's been storing since magic came back. Yeah. He's been fighting low power to rebuild up his reserves. And he's a, he, he fails. He goes he goes beast mode, though. He, he, he blasts Dormammu in the face, and Dormammu's like, holy shit. But then he Stranges out of magic, and he's like, fuck. And then uh, more... Doesn't he follow up with... Uh, yeah, right when Dormammu's like, well, that wasn't enough, but what the fuck? He's about to kill Strange, and uh, Mordo, I think, blasts Blast him. And he banishes him. To, and they, I guess the spell was half of a spell from Strange, banishing him to fight um, Shigor, Shugor. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mordo ends up finishing the spell, and it bandages, banishes him to uh, Shogoroth or whatever from the Empirical. And he's like, well, he made a deal with uh, the Empirical, so let's see how Shogarath likes fighting him. <laughs> it shows Shogarath holding Dormammu in his fist, and he's like an ant in his fist compared to Shogarath. Yeah, so, well, and it's an avatar. It's not actual Dormammu. It's just like... Yeah, but it, it, but it just shows the scale of him because he's just basically like almost planet size. And uh, what happens... They knock more. What do no, they do? Mordo's with Mordo? like, well, I only. Strange is like, oh, thanks for the save, man. And he's like, that wasn't for you. I wanted to kill you myself. And the fucking ghost plane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zelma and Wong show up on a ghost plane and shoot. They like tie a magic noose around Mordo's neck, and he's like, one way ticket to Siberia. Yeah, and, and they, they start draw. dragging him through the air to Siberia, and that's it. And it's it. like teleportation doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It's like, and then Mordo's just gone for the yeah, run. he's just gone. Um, issue seven. That'd be a very uncomfortable, like, 12-hour flight. I'd and imagine. that arc is what I've seen is, like, a lot of people love and hate that arc. Like, they love the individual stories. They love the nightmare issue. They love the issue in the diner. They love the issue with Orb. But then they're like, they don't like how it wrapped up. I kind of liked it at the fact that everyone was like, I want to kill him. Yeah, that I was really cool. <laughs> that and was pretty cool. Strange is like, fuck you guys. Um, then from that arc is the final arc, and it opens up. Uh, issue 17 in this run is done by a different artist. His name's Fraser Irving. It's super different. He, he's done a couple random um, issues for Marvel. He does a lot of covers for them. He doesn't do a lot of whole issues. Uh, fun fact, he's done um, D&D 3rd Edition Monster Manuals. Really? And he's done a couple D and D art books. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, and it, it's artistic. Good. It's really good. It's just way different because, like, with uh, what's his name, Baklock Balaka, Bakalo, Chris Bakalo, <laughs> Balaka Bakalo. <laughs> uh, Chris Bakalo. It's more of. Um, I'll be honest. I think I like Bakalo's art more. But I like his coloring a lot I, better. Yeah, I can't say that I don't like the new art. It, it and it's only for the one issue. Um, and it introduces 
that once the magic's coming back more, Strange is more powerful, Strange is, things are returning to the norm. He's, it, he's much more powered up, he can actually do shit now. He actually has a, it starts with him, um, fighting with two a magic armies. sword. Oh no, what I really like is, he starts fighting these two armies of creatures, and he's like, well, these guys are territorial, and they're trying to, um, kill each other, kill each other to get the territory, and he basically goes up and says, hey, fuck all of you guys. And he's like, well, I'm just going to fight everyone. And he ends up fighting them, and he tells them, listen, you guys stay here, and you guys stay here. And it shows him exiting a room in his sanctum. Yeah. So it's literally just... He's uh, getting his shit in order. Yeah, he's basically cleaning house after everything that happened. He's powerful enough to do that now. And he has a mystic sword. He, you, we just see him much more powerful now. He's and a lot less helpless. This, this was a week after the Dormammu event, I think. So mm-hmm. th- it's been a month and a week. Um, I knew one jump was a month and the other was a week. But uh, he, he's returning the, san- the sanctum. Um, things are kind of coming back to normal. Uh, life is returning to itself. And the issue ends... Though, with him going off to run an errand and Wong getting possessed by Mr. Misery as a tentacle monster of pure misery, mm-hmm. he jumps into Wong. Um, and basically, oh, wait, no, yeah, he goes on a side adventure, he goes to the he goes to the bar of no doors. Mm-hmm. Man Thing shows up, Man Thing out of nowhere, Man Thing shows up and asks for his help to fight Nazi ninja vampires. That literally the craziest shit in the world. So he starts fighting these Nazi ninja vampires. And while that's happening, Mr. Misery's possessing Wong. He broke yeah. into the Sanctum because he's part of Strange. The Sanctum defenses don't work on him. And he's like, where's Wong? How am I going to find him? I can't find him or Misery anywhere. And Swamp Thing thanks him by pouring... Parts of himself. Parts himself into his hands. What is it? What does he call it? I think it's like sap or something. Mystic moss or some shit. Yeah, or uh, algae. He's like yeah, algae pouring, just like dripping into his hands. He's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, he's like, next time, let me give you Blade's number to deal with this stuff. <laughs> so I th- I like that little shout out. But the, uh, the next issue opens up. Um, Man Thing is starting to lead Strange. He's making random attacks to get Strange's attentions, and one of the attacks he makes is a hospital where he's Man given thing? not Man Thing, fuck, Mr. Misery and Wong's body has attacked former patients of Strange when Strange was a doctor. So he basically goes up to these people's doorsteps and he's like, "Well, you got a brain tumor taken out by Stephen Strange, right? Yeah, how do you know?" Well, let me give that back to you. And, and he shoots part of his like tentacle. Like it makes me think of Venom. Uh-huh. It's symbi- symbiote Venom. Yeah. He shoots part of himself into their heads, and they uh, any they're all in a hospital. Strange gets contacted, and he can't do the surgery because his hands are fucked up. So who does he call? The least likely person Thor. you could possibly imagine. Now this is when Lady Thor is going on, and so Lady Thor. Foster. Yes, and she's a neurosurgeon. So she, or, I don't think she's she just a doctor. A ner- yeah, she's just a surgeon, but uh, she's under the guidance of Strange, and they're warned like, "Hey, don't go in there." A surgeon tried to commit sur- do surgery, and the like tumor fucking killed him. And Doctor Strange he's is like, like well, "We got this." We're Doctor Strange and Thor, so and he's like, "Have you ever done?" Or you're Jane Foster, right? And she's like, "What? No." 
And he's like, no, really, though. You're Jane Foster, though. You're I'm, not, do- I'm you're Doctor Thor. Strange. I know. I can read through magical auras. You're not Thor. You're Jane Foster. And, and so she's they, like, okay, yeah. And he's like, well, have you ever done brain surgery before? And she's like, no. Would you like to? He's like, well, I'm going to tell you how. Let's go. So they both scrub up, and Thor is still wearing her helmet when she, she does it's the surgery. Still, it's Thor with doctor's gloves. <laughs> and he's like, well, let's remove this tumor. So he gets the tumor out. And the tumor attacks Thor, and she's like, I don't think it wants to be removed. And Doctor Strange is like, Yeah, Doctor Strange is like, oh, well, it's just running from me. And he eats it. Yeah. He's like, don't worry, this came from me. I can eat it. It's part of Mr. Misery. So he just fucking eats it. And Misery shows up, because he knows what they're doing, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna hold off Misery. Uh, but go ahead and try to do it we don't have much time she's like oh we have plenty of time i'll just do all the surgeries at once and he's like what and she's like well i'm thor i can move Move at lightning speed yeah and apparently she moves at the speed of light to remove it just shows a panel and he's like i can't even see your you move i can't give you direction yeah but she's she just basically does all the brain surgery simultaneously it just shows her flashing it around and she gets to the point where she says, I'm moving so fast the scalpels are melting. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and but they get all the tumors out, and Strange realizes this was a distraction because he's actually attacking, Wong's attacking the Sanctum. Yeah. Uh, and no, I don't think Wong attacked the Sanctum. I think Wong He was attacking was somewhere. Or he was in the hospital. Yeah, like he's it's in a, the It's hospital. this cat and mouse game of Wong trying to get Strange to chase. And it ends up in the sanctum. Yes. And, and they they get to the sanctum, and Zelma's there, and she's scared and lost, and Strange is like, stay with me. And Misery gets a sucker punch from hell in on him. And and basically, Wong, he's like, I'm not Wong anymore. I'm Misery. You can't get me out because I am Misery now. And Doc Strange is like, eh, I'm a call bullshit. And, and so what, like... Misery does because he's able to read Wong's brain. He's like, you know, I'm your apprentice, your assistant. You don't know my favorite food. I eat it for breakfast every morning. You don't know my birthday. You don't know my favorite movie. You don't know my hobbies. You don't know anything about me, but you want to call me your friend. And Strange ups the ante by going like super emo teen to to like attract Mr. Misery. He's like, oh, I never loved you, Wong. You're a piece of shit. No one loves me. I can't love anyone. And he stabs himself in the arm with this like burning stick. And basically all the pain he's saying out of his mouth and all the pain in his arm. Attracts Mr. Misery. Mr. Misery's like, oh shit. And this bounds from Wong. And, And so Strange wakes up. Wong and Zelma the next day with uh, breakfast and he's like look, look it's cinnamon waffles your guys' favorite or your favorite Wong he's like thanks Strange and Zelma's like that's not your favorite what the fuck are you doing and Wong's just like shut up <laughs> this is the best I can get and he basically makes the point of saying like I know you were I know you were just saying what misery wanted you to say to make yourself miserable don't worry I know you love me and miserable and, yeah. And Doc Strange is like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and but it ends, like, with a... Spoilers, spo- Stranger Things Season 1 spoilers. It ends, like, the same way Stranger Things Season 1 ends, with 
Strange puking down the sink. And this yep. is actually the same time Stranger Things Season 1 came... Like, this issue came out a year or two after Season 1 of Stranger Things. So this could have been... I don't know. A reference, pretty much. Maybe. But you see, like, a rat in the sewer beneath the house have Mr. Misery growing on its back. And it's like, I'm not going to fucking die. And guess what? The series gets canceled. And there's only one issue left after this. Now, did you end up reading this one? I didn't. I didn't read the last issue. I read all the way to 19, and then I didn't read 20. So, Doctor Strange... Uh breaks into an auction by i think it's the hellfire club um of a magical artifact and he's like i can't let it fall into bad hands and he steals it and they chase after him and some lava monster shoots him with an arrow that shoots dragon's poison into his body so he's unconscious and the arrow knocks him and Zelma, because Zelma was his getaway driver, into another dimension called Weird World. So basically, this is all filler because they're about to start N- this Doctor is, Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme. This is still Jason Aaron. This is him wrapping up the art. Because okay. what happens is, is uh, sh- for days, Strange is unconscious. She's feeding him grubs, whatever she can find, surviving. And the lava monsters show up. And she has the only spell book in existence, and she's reading spells, trying to help Strange. Nothing's working. She eventually reads one that knocks her unconscious and resurrects Strange. Strange kills the lava monsters, brings her back to the sanctum where Wong is, and her and Wong... or uh, th- This is where like the writing gets really jumpy. So Strange and Wong are like, well, there's only two options for her. And we have to tell him. And then the next pa- next page is Wong saying, I'm retiring from being the sorcerer's assistant. I'm no longer, he's like, I used to be this, that, whatever. I want to have my own life. And he walks out and we never hear him again. So they uh, basically set up Zelma as his assistant now? Yeah, well, uh, so where Strange has been looking into crowds and he can see the magic, Zelma can do that now. And he's like, the because plot. Well, the spell she used, he's like, so that put a dragon poison in your body, and I had to put my magical blood in your body so the poison wouldn't kill you. So now she's basically... Part magic. Sensitive to magic. And and he's like, I can remove it from you in a few days once the poison's passed, or... And then, like, it cuts to a scene of a similar person hesitant to knock on the front door, and Zelma's there, like, playing coy like Doctor Strange did in the first couple... And Zelma lets this person in. She's like, I'm the sorcerer's apprentice. And closes the door. And that's the arc. So basically, long story short, Wong is replaced by Zelma. Yeah. The whole run. Yeah. yeah. Wong is replaced by Zelma now. (laughs) What what pissed me off, too, is there's six issues after this that are done by two no-names. And if they have done something remarkable, please let us know but I've researched them pretty extensively. Like, one artist has had zero experience with Marvel outside of this from what I've seen, and it was for the Dark Dimension Attack New York event. I read the first two issues of it, so issues 21, 22 of the of this 26-issue run, and they have nothing to do with the first 20 issues. That's why we pretty much put a stop at the 20th issue, because Cody said that They're terrible. I shouldn't read more. They're terrible. You have eldritch beings being killed by Kingpin driving through them with uh, a, car. <laughs> a limousine, an armored limousine, and they're just dropping as many characters as they can, and this is during the really weird 
evil Captain America, Hail Hydra Captain America. It's shit. Um, so we'll just skip those. Uh, uh, our, the next run after this would have been uh, uh, Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme, right? I think it's like a... It, and it's its, its own a, thing. Yeah, it's its own thing. It runs, and I think it leads into Damnation. And, um, yeah, and then after that's when Marvel's done their other most recent reboot. Um, but going on this 20-issue run, uh, final thoughts, Andy? Um, well, let's let's break it down a little bit. What, what did, In general, what did you think of the art? I like the art. I don't think the detailing and line work was the best. I think the the, de- I feel like the detailing was like intentionally left ca- It was cartoonish. It was it kind was, of cartoonish. That was kind of the style. It was more like... But a, the colors were so good. And so, like they did a really good job of capturing the weirdness of Strange. It was... The, the art was weird. The In a good way. It was the good... Right, it was a good type of weird. Yes. Um... What did you think about the writing? What did What did you think about the first arc? The way of the weird? I fucking love... I loved... I liked all three. Um, but then I read online where people didn't like it. Um, I really liked the empirical. I think it was a badass... Empirical was really cool. It was a badass storyline. I uh, like the idea of just science versus magic. Uh-huh. And I, it, it's cool to see these characters... Like, Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch... Like, these characters are, like... Underpowered. Tier one... And the normal comics, they are, like, god-level beings. They can do whatever they want. And here's this guy that's just like, no, fuck you. And then they're like, oh, shit, we have our fists, and we have, like, baseball bats wrapped in barbed wire. That's Magic barbed wire. Magic barbed wire, of course, but, like, <laughs> they are desperate, and it's just cool to see it, that side struggle. of things, because we don't see that ever. And uh, I really liked the, I, I don't know, I really the liked humor. the third arc. The humor was really cool, too. I think... I mean, it's not your stoic, dry humor. And it's also not your, like... It's not your Spider-Man humor or Deadpool humor. He's not it's constantly It's somewhere in between. Jokes. It's somewhere in between. Um, what I was reading online... I've seen a lot of mixed reviews. If you're a diehard Strange fan, I heard that this might not be the run for you if you don't like change. Or if you don't like a different type of Strange. If you like your vanilla Strange, this isn't the run for you. Uh, but a lot of people that like that different Strange seem to really enjoy it. Uh, why the arc? I guess it the run on the whole didn't sell that well, and on top of it, um, they just decided to move talent elsewhere. But if you guys honestly like, if you guys like the Doctor Strange movie, which I loved, and if you've seen Infinity War, you'll see a lot more of Op Strange over Op Strange in it when he fights Thanos. He that that battle was probably my favorite in the movie, but um. If you like Doctor Strange and you're looking to look into comics, this is the run that you need to look at. De- it's more modern and it's very dynamic. It, it's cool. It's fun. It's um, it, it's all in all a very enjoyable read. Uh, there, there's not a whole lot negative to say. I know this, and, and I guess Disney, w- not Disney, but Marvel was upset. Disney was upset because of the movie side of things, because like. They did traditional Doctor Strange for the movie, and then this comic wasn't a traditional Doctor Not Strange, and like the, I guess it was a miscommunication or something. But Jason Aaron went on to like he works on a lot of uh, uh, Star Wars comics right now, mm-hmm. and Chris Bocklow, like I said, he's doing the Spider-Man Deadpool crossover that's going on, like the event that's been the since last year. Um, all in all, I'd personally probably give this uh, four out of five. Um, three out of five if you're expecting traditional strange it's still enjoyable if, i'd say it's a four out of five as well 
yeah it, it's pretty cool but all in all this has been into the panels um we will see you guys next time where we are going to be discussing mark wade's identity crisis mm -hmm.